0: If you want to go with the flow, live in the moment, wind in your hair kind of life, you need a forward thinking, prepared for anything kind of plan. Like the Audi Freeway Plan Extension. It extends your Audi's maintenance plan by an extra two years or up to 200,000 kilometers. And with free roadside assistance, living in the moment has never gone more according to plan. Visit your nearest Audi dealer today. T's and C's apply. Audi Vorsprung Dirsch Technik. Azania on 702 It's now 19 minutes to uh, 2 o'clock and um every Wednesday just before we go into the masterclass we connect with Nikki Bush and today we're talking about The danger of play poverty will define what play poverty is in a short while, but it's also known as low play lives. Uh, So she's written this opinion piece on EWN.co.id. Go and check it out. Uh, If you have your children at home, if you have children who are at just at that that age where play is really important for them. And I, it probably is important for all of us across our entire lifetimes. But this conversation comes at a time when there are many concerned parents across the country. They need to return to work, but they're also grappling with the question, this problem of who will look after their small children, because early childhood development centers remain closed with very little clarity so far. They say they are ready, um, but there's clarity, lack of clarity from government on when this exactly will be. And many for uh, many of the people in South Africa's workforce are single parents, so they have few alternatives, few options for childcare, um, and they're faced with this awful dilemma of, what do you do? What do you do? You need to go and earn an income to sustain your family, but at the same time, who's going to look after your children? Um, so it's not a, a, a good, a fair choice that parents need to make. So in light of that, um, children still need to be stimulated while they are at home And Nikki has some insights on what we can do And of course the importance of play uh, for our children and their development Hello Nikki Good afternoon Azza um, I just loved this piece. Really, I read it on uh, EWN, and I think the timing couldn't be any better, considering the nervousness that uh, many parents are experiencing. There was also reports that came out from a team in Stellenbosch, you know, uh, citing the risks, the dangers, and just the levels to which South African families are affected by uh, a place, uh, like a lack of place of uh, for 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 children to go, which also serves as a place of safety for many children.
1: Absolutely, as and let's add one more thing to that. It's also the place mm. where these children get at least one nutritional meal a day. So the yeah. fact that we have 30,000 ECD centers, early childhood development centers that have been shut down due to the pandemic, and that impacts, by the way, on 175,000 principals and teachers and about 1.5 million preschool children from our more impoverished areas in South Africa. And this is the next generation who will take us into the future. And what's interesting, and Dr. Nick Spall in his paper from Stellenbosch University his policy document said the the preschool sector the early childhood development sector has been left behind they are going to be mm. the last to go back to open up again and this poses Enormous problems because, uh, firstly, they're in a. F- we call it the foundation phase because this is where we we build the foundation skills on which we build abstract academic subjects right. afterwards. So, your foundations for reading, writing, and maths are actually mm. laid through play. In the early years, the neurological wiring that children need in order to understand more abstract terms is laid in the early years, not in matric. And so here we are holding these children back from going back to care or supervised care or even preschool itself because that sector is falling somewhere in between the Department of Basic Education and the Department mm. of Social Development. And nobody's quite taking responsibility for it and making a decision. So they're going to go back late July, early August sometime and count how many months they will have missed. Um, mm. It's many months of foundation skills. And when you have those gaps at this age, those gaps are significant. And I I like an early childhood development and early learning to building a brick wall. If you Mm -hmm. were to build a brick wall and you were to leave out some of the bricks at the base of the wall, And if you've got lots of gaps at the base of that brick wall, Mm -hmm. at some point that brick wall will wobble and it will fall down because we need strong foundations to hold up a brick wall in perpetuity. And children and skills and early learning are exactly like that. And the longer we keep them away from school, the bigger the gaps become. And the Nelson Mandela Foundation has has produced a research report on this exact issue called the plight of Mm -hmm. ECD providers and their workforce. So anybody who wants to read that, just go on to the Nelson Mandela foundation website and they are warning that if these centers don't open soon, the problem is they may never ever open again and we can ill afford 30,000 ECD centers never reopening again because that is not just going to create an immediate COVID-19 issue that will create a generational issue that we cannot have in this country yet again.
0: Yeah and that's not the only place we should be concerned about right or children within our homes that we should be concerned about. There are also childrens in orphanages.
1: Yes, and that is a massive issue right now because they rely on external visitors to come in and stimulate the children over and above the limited caregivers that they have access to on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. you know, people doing good work who, who go and spend time, so they give generously of their time to go and visit and play with and teach these young children and stimulate them. And then also, we, we've we been unable to give toys and games over this time because of the fear of passing on the virus. So, yeah. those, ordin- those ordinary normal donations haven't been able to happen either. So I think of those orphaned and vulnerable children who haven't had a new you know, a new batch of toys and games coming in and who've had limited exposure to people and stimulation over this time, not great for them either.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Heartbreaking. So this, the, the, the environment that we're living in, you know, restricts our movement, restricts what is possible and is of course impacting play. So is that in essence what play poverty is that we are leading these low play lives at the moment? And what are the yes, dangers? Well,
1: South Africa. Yeah, so South Africa generally, in terms of, of our entire population, we we see that children lead low play lives, play play poverty, low play. There's a growing awareness in the world, not just in South Africa, that environments that are not rich in play-based learning or playful experiences can lead to a play gap. And this in mm-hmm. turn leads to gaps in a child's learning. And ultimately, and we've seen this in our country where we do not have mandatory preschool education. Ultimately, a play gap can result in a skills gap, which leads to potential unemployment. So just follow that chain of events through. And then mm-hmm. the bedfellow. To unemployment is crime. And, of mm. course, you know my story, and you know that mm. I've been a victim of crime. My husband was murdered in our home, and there isn't a bone in my body that doesn't think that isn't connected to unemployment mm. or yeah. play gaps, play poverty, skills gaps. You can trace so much of this back. And ultimately, what is it? It's self-esteem. It's having young people who believe I am... I can and I will. But if you don't believe that, and if you don't have the skills, and if you can't earn an income, well then you resort to anything in order to mm. survive. <laughs> and that's play poverty. Even the World Economic Forum last year started talking about play poverty. So there's when I say there's an international awareness, it's it's right into the World Economic Economic Forum where they're realizing that. Uh, and even Harvard is doing, um, doing research studies into, into their students to see mm-hmm. the, if, what's the link between success and play and where does play happen? It starts very, very early on. And they're tracking real success stories to kids who were allowed to play, whose parents n- kind of knew they needed to play with their children as well. So there's a yeah. big a connection here. Parents, it doesn't matter how, how wealthy you are or or how impoverished you are, you can create playful environments with nothing and with everything. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even very resourced parents don't Mm. know a link between play and learning. I think we've got this misperception that the only time children learn is between the four walls of a classroom or between the two covers of a book. Mm-hmm. And we miss this connection between learning and play. And it's deceptive, you see, because yeah. it's not obvious. We're not necessarily talking about children who are in a formal learning environment. But what we're talking about here is multi sensory interaction with the world. Multi sensory experiences that take place in three dimensions. So we can also look at well resourced children who spend a lot of time on a screen. They can also suffer from play poverty. Yeah. yeah. Any child can suffer from play poverty. What we as Adults in society need to understand is that providing children with a rich learning environment mm-hmm. is about giving them opportunities to engage their whole selves, their mind, their body to make their thinking real or visible. Um, you yeah. know, that is important. And in fact, I was having a conversation today with a gentleman who's doing a paint job for me. And he was giving me his history of his, his, his job experience, his work experience. He's a very successful, um, uh, it doesn't just have a, a, a painting team. He's got an electrical team. He's got a DIY team. He's got a, everything. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, he, he actually worked in other people's businesses and then went and studied how to do what he does. And it made so much more sense after, after years of practical experience to go and do the theory and, and, I say, I was saying to him, this is how we actually need to be turning our, our education system mm, around. We need to start
0: experience understanding and this.
1: Yeah. Because Albert Einstein said, learning is experience. Everything else is just information. And you know, my fear uh, is that yeah. so many kids are just being hit with words and they don't yes. get to experience what the words
0: actually mean. Mm, and I love what you're saying about the fact that we need to shift from thinking that learning is only between pages. A cousin of mine shared a video of herself playing a childhood game that we used to play with not much at all. We used to pick up stones, about 12 stones, put mm-hmm. them in a circle. We call it ghetto And then you would throw yes, a bigger di-getto. stone... Yes, you would throw a bigger stone up in the air and then um, while it's up in the air, you know, you pull out all the stones and then you have to leave one out when you put them back into the circle when you throw the the bigger stone up in the air again. So she did it, you know, she did it and she's with her eight-year-old. But then her eight-year-old just did not have that coordination, you know, battled um, to to, to play what we saw as you know, something that we already know how to do. So to a large degree, screens and our insistence on uh, education only happening in a very narrow way disadvantages uh, our children. And as you said, it doesn't need a lot of resources. So. How does play shape the full potential? You know what, what we, what we, what what we learn through play. I heard someone saying that kids come up with rules while they're playing. For instance, they and they they, as as we they design a whole world while they play, and that in in itself (laughs) is an important mental exercise. Hugely important. What I
1: love is watching kids make fun out of nothing. And mm. uh, I'll I'll never forget when my kids were in primary school, we were in a school that was quite new and there was a, a, a dirt parking lot. There no there was no paving or, or tarmac at the time. And you know how much kids love dirt. And they they found I remember we were waiting for my eldest son and my youngest and his friend found one of those traffic beacons, you know, those orange cones. And they found a stick and they found an empty two litre coke bottle. And they used the stick as a bat, and they used the Coke bottle as a ball, and they ran between a line in the sand and that traffic cone. And they played for over half an hour, made up all their own rules about this game, but the joy, the joy on their faces to make it up. So much of what our children do, we decide how, we decide the rules, and we tell them when to do it, what to do it, and how to do it. And as I said earlier, even children in well-resourced homes can suffer from play poverty. In fact, they're the children who come to their parents and they say, there's nothing to play with. I'm bored. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> their rooms are laced with, you know, <laughs> shelves of books and games and toys and it's just quite phenomenal actually. And it's because they don't have to think because somebody's mm-hmm. always telling them what to do. So don't despair. If you don't have resources, you can yeah. have, you can, you can give a, a small child a, an empty tissue box and <laughs> they can drop stones into the hole. That is about putting it in and taking it out. Yes, you can go and see, buy a
0: fancy version of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but because I was, I also wanted to know the various types of play, you know, um, and the types of play that matter. So is there distinction? Is there separation?
1: Well, there's lots of different kinds of play to stimulate different kinds of skills. So fantasy mm-hmm. play, for example, playing dress up. Well, you don't have to have, you know, a clown outfit and a Spider-Man outfit. You can dress up in Mummy and daddy's old clothes. That's also fun. You know, dressing up as an adult and having different hats and different jewelry. Now that's all about fantasy. Um, playing with teddy bears, sensopathic play or dolls. I found a, a picture, I showed my son, my 20 year old son, a picture of him playing with a doll when he was about 18 months old, all wrapped in a blanket. You know, children need to experience nurturing. So you give them teddy yeah. bears and, and dolls. Then they need to do movement, big body movements, bicycles, um, as, uh, something like a, a scooter um, even those little black plastic scooters we were talking about them two shows ago <laughs> about the noise yeah. they make up and down the <laughs> yes, driveway that's yes. bilateral integration <laughs> using both mm. sides of the body at the same time will help your child to read and write believe it or not and then we've got puzzles matching pieces together, we've got association games, the chicken and the egg we've mm. got anything to do with drawing whether it's podgy pastels or big crayons or cookies um, all of that from creativity to spatial planning of coloring in between the lines, building blocks, learning how to win and lose in a game of Monopoly. Look how Mm -hmm. much we learn through play. But also Mm -hmm. the chores that we engage our children to do in the home also teach many of those skills from washing up to tidying up and matching the shoes and the socks, to putting things away, Mm -hmm. to putting the knives and the forks in the right place, to laying a table, Making a bed, that's all spatial planning. It's all judging speed, space, and distance, like kicking a ball. And it's all about fine motor and gross motor coordination. All of that is educational. Please get your kids to do the chores. This is what we call the hidden curriculum. It's not the formal
0: curriculum. It's the hidden curriculum. And And I know you have incredible... you have incredible resources on this I know we've done uh, toy yes. Shows with you before Let's just listen to this voice note as we wrap Nikki, um, as, coming uh, in on uh, 0721, oh I Liz, there agree. it is
2: like children really Do need to play, I see like my cousins And even my nephew and my niece Like they're on their phones They're watching TV The whole day, and I was just like When we were young Like I'm not old, but like when I was younger because I'm a 90s kid. Um, My mom didn't have a lot and so did my grandparents. They didn't have a lot. And when we'd go visit, we would play, we'd make up games, you know, that you can play outside. And my mom, being a domestic worker, um, you know, there wasn't really much space to move within the, you know, her room that she stayed in because I stayed with her we used to play like silly games like she'd give me her um cosmetics and stuff and i would like we'd pay like a king um shop shop and i would go buy stuff from her she'd go i was always the cashier (laughs) and that's how i learned to count you know at the age of four i could count i could write and obviously i have to give her a receipt you know it's those kind of things. and that's how I learned how to count and how to hmm. write. And the time I get the same thing, you know those one thing back in the day. <laughs> so that's how I learned to, to write and showing to count our age. by playing with my mother. That's Oh, thank
0: you so much for that voice note. Nikki, I'm gonna be spanked for the news in a moment, but um <laughs> you have great resources on your website, right? As far as toys and games are concerned. Absolutely. So there is no world in which no play is
1: okay. Uh, parents can go and read this blog at nikibush.com, yeah. or go to my toytalk.coza website for ideas mm. about what to do with your children and important games that, that they should be exposed to.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nikki. Till next week. Take care. Bye.